everyone, and welcome to East Coast Office Hours Fanbytes Friday Afternoon Podcast with your hosts, Merritt Kay and Danielle Riendo. Hello. My Hi. name means no water in French. Riendo. <laughs> That's all I know in French. I know uh, we, and I know Riendo. <laughs> do you know how to say mountain in French? I wish I did, but is it like La Montagne or something? It Montagne. literally is Montagne. <laughs> Good. It literally Good. is Montagne. La Montagne. Good. Uh, and I asked because today is apparently International Mountain Day. I didn't know yes. they needed a day. Um, I hey, thought big their, and lonely, their natural know. majesty kind of carried them. But <laughs> we, we have to recognize their majesty. And uh, we're doing it today in Fanbyte's uh, first ever Top 10 Mountains segment. Yep. Uh, Danielle, what, what are some of your favorite mountains? Uh, I actually do have some favorite mountains. No joke. Really? I, uh, yeah. I, so I'm one of those people who really loves going on a hike. I love that. I enjoy that. I think mm-hmm. it's a very good time. Um, I don't know all the names of the mountains that I've hiked, but I do know a few of my faves uh, in terms of like mountains I've, I've had a great relationship with. One of them is Mount Washington in New Hampshire, which, okay. by the way, uh, has the world record for all of all of planet Earth for the windiest, the fastest wind ever recorded on the top of the mountain there. There's like wow. a little radio station and like they recorded the wind. It was well over 200 miles an hour. I think it was in like the two, I don't know, let's see, Mount Washington. Let's do this. Uh, I also love it because there is a road race every year on Mount Washington, mm-hmm. like on the auto road. So it's like a paved road, but it just goes all the way up uh, the mountain, basically. And it's on Father's Day or like around mm. Father's Day weekend. So I used to go with my dad uh, like all the time. I didn't run the race because I was I was young at the time. Uh, it's like a seven something mile race. Uh, but it, like you have to train for a half marathon because it's obviously all uphill. But all the T-shirts say it's only one hill, which is very cute, you know, uh, for a running race. So Mount Washington's way up there. I'm not mm. seeing the like the world record part here. They used to like really kind of put that all over the place. Like, oh, hell yeah. This is very exciting. This is uh... OK. 231 miles an hour. I found it. That's it. Wow. That's wild. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. It's in the uh, presidential range of the White Mountains in New Hampshire, uh, which is okay. really exciting. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Damn. Um, trying to think of some mountains. Uh, the Rocky Mountains are. Um, oh, I like those. Really, yeah. really pleasant to drive through. Um, I made that drive once as a kid. Like I wasn't driving, but sure, you know, sure. I was. I was in a car. Um, we drove from Calgary to. Uh, somewhere in BC, I think. Sure. And uh, you go through the mountains. And it's like so pretty. Yes. It's just gorgeous. Um, God, I love that. So big fan of the Rockies. Um, I, yeah. I was thinking of a bunch of things, but then I realized they're hills. So, um, but. That's okay, too. That's Arthur, okay. So, okay. But let me hit you with this because. Yeah. Arthur's Seat, which is in Edinburgh. Oh my God, I've uh, been there. Yes. It's described by Robert Louis Stevenson as a hill for magnitude, 
a mountain in virtue of its bold design. Yes. So I'm going to count that as a mountain because uh, it's uh, it's really cool. It's um, yeah. So you've been there? Yeah, I uh, I actually went with, fr- I guess, friend of the show, Kara uh, Ellison. I was staying with her and we did a Muay Thai workout on the way up. So we would like go for 10 minutes, like walking up the hill. Then we would do like uh, hitting mitts, like boxing mitts mm-hmm. for a while. Then we went up. Going down, way scarier than going up, I will mm. say. that was It was like a little scary going down. But it's it's so striking and so beautiful. And one of my favorite things in, in Edinburgh. Like I loved, it's, I loved that. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so what a gorgeous looking city too. Like oh my just, God, yes. There's a fucking castle, like yep. in in it. Um, <laughs> just right there, yeah. right there. Uh, there's this huge hill slash rock thing that you can just like walk up. Yeah. Uh, another one of those um, in the same sort of region of the world is Bray Head in Ireland, yeah. which. Uh, is part of a mountain range, but it's another sort of big hill. And yeah. I climbed up there a few years ago and I had terrible walking shoes on. I don't remember oh, what they no. were, but they were like really impractical, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but managed to, to get up to the top. And it's another great, um, just great place to just walk up to and then just, you know, take in the view. God, that's, that's amazing. A lot of great hills in the British Isles, I would say. Um, Definitely. A lot of yeah. great, like, uh, I don't know, just like elevations to like walk up and then look at yeah. things. And um, I'm sure there's those things exist in all parts of the world, but I feel like I've done most of my hill walking in uh, in England and Scotland and Ireland and uh, yeah. Wales. And yeah, there's a lot there. I mean, you know. Really- Classic Just hills. A lot of yeah. classic hills. A lot of top <laughs> 10 all-time hills. <laughs> really, really incredible. I do want to ask um, about video game hills, but I wanted to shout out mm. one more mountain. One more mountain from my past is uh, yeah. Mount Tamalpais in the Bay okay. Area, okay. Uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. I have had some incredible hikes there. Just so, so, so beautiful. And like, I am an East Coaster. I've lived most of my life on the East Coast, so we're, I'm used to having like small mountains that are still challenging, uh, you know, if, if they need to be that kind of thing. But, uh, out West, there are just some incredible hikes. And I remember doing like a really amazing hike, uh, Mount Tamalpais and like ending up on a beach and then going back through and doing this whole, like just incredible range, which is like the Pacific. I don't know. There's just something about it that is especially dramatic. Like the Mm. way, the way you get like sort of trees and mountain and rocky areas next to the ocean is pretty incredible. Um, yeah. And I guess I'll also shout out uh, Acadia National Park as well, uh, which is in Maine, which is on the East Coast uh, for being, I think, just as beautiful as a lot of areas in Yosemite, which also has incredible mountains and incredible climbing and hiking. So I like both coasts for hiking. TBH. Uh, a lot of people are like only West is best. Yeah. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. I get it. I do. But there are still beautiful places in the East Coast. So, yeah. Is Mount Tamalpais one of those mountains that looks like like a, a lady who's sleeping? Oh, maybe. <laughs> I'm kind of like on the Mount Tamalpais uh-huh. like state park website here. And I'm trying to get a good 
view I've, here. Yeah, no. So I looked it up and it is. That's apparently there's like a lot of mountains that are called that colloquially. Um, sure, sure, sure. Gotcha. But yeah, that's that's because it's like a state park, and it's probably like several peaks, and then you yeah. know the peaks all have a different name, but it's kind of like yeah, it's Mount Tamalpais, it's all Mount right, Tamalpais, right, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, I've definitely seen that too. I haven't been up it or anything, but yeah, mountains and games. Um, obviously, the one that always comes to mind for me is Skyrim because uh, oh, sure. although although. That Todd quote is apocryphal. He never said, see that mountain, you can climb it. It was, <laughs> uh, we had actually a whole piece on this uh, a couple months ago on the site. And um, that that phrase just kind of morphed and took on a life of its own and became a meme. <sighs> but, um, but yeah, mountains in open world games, I feel like in Skyrim and stuff, there's just that thing of like, because of the way that engine was made, instead of right. just finding a path and like trying to walk up the path, everyone just like kind of diagonally jumps up the side of the mountain. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's really corny and just like totally game breaking. Um, yeah. And like, so you don't really get a sense of like accomplishment from like climbing up a mountain. Compare that to a game like Breath of the Wild, where it's like, yeah. Oh my, like that's like an adventure, just like climbing up a big rock. Yeah. Quite an achievement. And you need to sort of prepare for it too, right? right. You need your like, you need your stamps. Yeah. You need, <laughs> you your, need your climbing your gloves. You're, you gotta that was like my stop. Favorite to, outfit. Yeah. It's a good, cause he has the bandana too. It's like yeah. very funny, very cool. It's so um, cute. <laughs> it's very cute. He's like a little 80s rock climber, like he's in uh, Cliffhanger or something. Oh my God. Yes. It's really um, good. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, wasn't there a game called well. Mountain? Oh God, there is, and it's, By, it's uh, it was one name? of those first kind of meditative games. If yeah, I'm it was like uh, early twenty ten. Oh, it's twenty fourteen. It's a uh, David O'Reilly. Oh, gotcha. Uh, okay. It was a David O'Reilly double fine joint that was in twenty fourteen. I think that was like a couple of years before everything. Uh, yes. That might have been his first game, actually. Oh wow. Yeah, it was like very peaceful simulation. Like you're, you're kind of uh, wandering the majesty of of the mountain itself. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a term for this type of game, right? Like, it's not meditative. It's not like I'm trying to think. We kind of have a thing for this, right? Where you're all you're kind of doing is is chilling and like looking at the thing and and like hanging out with the thing you're not doing all I mean, that much yeah like i don't know what is the term like walking simulators but if you're not walking if you're just there's like sort of like interactive toys or like digital toys um yeah like a electroplankton i guess was, yeah <laughs> like sims um yeah i don't know that off the top of my head i have like a good uh term for those things. Right. But yeah. I, I, I guess we kind of don't as a culture. So that's not on you. Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of like <laughs> press at the edges of like game to me. And, you know, I used to be someone who was like very like, oh, anything can be a game. And I guess sure. now, yeah. well, now I just don't care anymore. Um, if someone's right, interactive, I basically feel like it's under the purview of, of games media. Um, at the same time, though, I'm like, um, to me, it's useful to like, distinguish sometimes between things of like oh this is like the fact that it's like an interactive toy or whatever like doesn't make it less valuable as a thing 
Right. Like exactly. It's, it's still a thing. Yeah. It doesn't have like, I don't know. Um, and it's still a cool thing to ponder. And it's experience. still a cool thing. And like, not to relitigate <laughs> yeah. these arguments that happened like 10 years ago, but just like, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, like the sort of like playful little flourishes in media. Like I, I, I don't know when I play like a narrative game, sometimes I ask myself, like, would this work as a movie or like, would it work sure. as a, um, a comic or something? Yeah. And sometimes the answer yeah. is yes, but like, it's, it's still good. Um, but I enjoy those things most when the answer is no, because totally. it feels like, oh, someone is sort of playing with the ways that like, like video games can hide things from you to, yeah. to do interesting, um, to like play tricks on you and like, um, subvert expectations. So, yeah. I, I always like the theater metaphor. I always find that sort of helpful. Mm, that, like, like backstage you know, stuff. That there exactly there's more backstage there's more kind of going on backstage or there's more yeah. you know than meets the eye sometimes or even um, I mean if you if you want to do the interactive theater thing I guess that's for a little bit more traditional games but that I always kind of enjoyed that metaphor so much more than the cinematic metaphor I guess mm. um, there's something a little bit more present to a simulation than. Uh, you know, a piece of linear media, I guess. But I also don't want to relitigate these things because I, <laughs> I will, I will just die. I will. I will just uh, be, yeah, we all I hate will it. Be dead on the mountain. Just everyone, everyone is bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, speaking of more traditional video games, I don't know why, but this is a thing for me in my life. Um, yeah. I'm thinking of Green Hill Zone, and I'm thinking of any like. 2D platformer that has kind of mountains in the background or like mm. really pretty landscapes in the background. I always, as a kid and even still, I always found those things so evocative, especially if they're kind of done well, like if yeah. they look pretty, if they look interesting. Um, I always had this instinct where I wanted to go explore those areas. Like I, mm. I wanted to go and physically like myself somehow jump into the game world and like run around on those mountains or kind of like play with them. And I still find it very, very satisfying uh, whenever I see like a, a background landscape rendered nicely. Like it's it's somehow a very, very evocative and like pleasant thing uh, for me. And Green Hill Zone, of course, you know, a zone in itself about hills uh, has this, this bright, beautiful, gorgeous, like lake and mountains in the background kind of area that I always was like, I want to go play with Sonic in, in the background there. That sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that to me is like such like a hallmark of good design, especially in, in those older games, but still now too, of just like putting something off in the distance or putting a, a locked door somewhere and, and yeah. just having like a window through it that you can see something and you can't go to it. It just immediately makes things feel so much bigger and more yes. alive. Um, yeah, evoking that sense of a, a world instead of just a little place that, you know. Mm, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, God, other mountains. Death oh, Mountain, obviously a big one. Oh, yeah. Death yes, Mountain yes, yes. in a Link to the Past was a, a felt like a big deal climbing. It felt like that because that's where that game gets like kind of intense in terms of like the like you go to the dark world for the first time and you're like fighting yeah. like 
jumping spiders and shit and it, it gets like a little harder and it's like okay shit's getting real but then it's like <laughs> oh yeah i'm gonna go okay no i beat the third i beat the third castle time <laughs> to go fight agonim oh i beat him cool i beat the game like oh fuck no I'm just, <laughs> no i didn't yeah. um that's my own, I guess, as well, in Ocarina of Time was always a cool thing. Yeah. I love that there was the little Goron City inside of it. Like, that, oh, yeah. to me, at the time, was so cool. I know it's it, it doesn't sound that exciting now, but, you know, when I was 14 or whatever playing this game, I was just like, oh, my God, it's a whole 3D, like, mountain, and I had to go up it, and I had to not get run over by a boulder. And then there was a city, and the guy did a dance. Like, it was very exciting at the time. <laughs> it's still, it's still kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Using a mountain to kind of hide a world inside it is also just like a fun little window into something uh, that I enjoy. There were mountains in Chrono Trigger too, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. It's been a very long time since I played that game, but there were snowy uh, mountains. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's mountains, I think. It's been a long time snowy since I played it too. Snowy mountains, yeah. I, I played that game not at the time, but like five years later, something like that. Um, hmm. So... It's been a while, but I remember them being very evocative as well and having really pretty backgrounds and very pretty art and getting that that kind of like snowy mountain aesthetic very, very uh, nicely for what it was doing. Yeah. And of course, we have games like, well, I was going to say Mario has a lot of mountains. Uh, Mario, the 3D Marios don't mm. use mountains as often as you would think. Like Mario 64 has several mountains and that's cool. And there's another volcano that is like a mountain with a world inside it, which is also very Yeah, God, that was such like a thing, right? I mean, it still is, I guess, just like lava levels, but just like the idea of like, oh, I'm going to go inside a hollowed out volcano and just like have an adventure in there. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that does sound really cool. You would sort of be melting, but like. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's just fucking awesome. I just sort of surprised they didn't do a little bit more with mountains in Mm. later 3D games. I guess because they went for the whole planetary thing. And I'm sure there are some mountains. But it feels like... Yeah. Just 64 was like the high watermark for 3D Mario mountains. (laughs) I feel like maybe that was because they were trying to be like, hey, look, we've got verticality. We've got like three dimensions. Um, Yeah, true. And uh, yeah, then... um, because, uh, you know, 3D Land and, and 3D World sort of went for a more traditional, like, almost yeah. 2D kind of inspired thing. And there's still, like, verticality in those games, but they're more, like, about just, like, a course that you run through. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Actually, Coco I never Mountain. beat Galaxy 2. So if there are, like, amazing oh. mountains in Galaxy 2, uh, I might just be missing them. <laughs> it's been a long time since I played Galaxy 2. Um, yeah. Basically, like, <laughs> since it came out, I think. But they did recreate that um that level from 64 that's just like that's not really a mountain that's like a tower i guess like the thwops tower oh right yeah 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 it was still mountainous i don't know it's like a little mountain it's just a little more cubified Mm -hmm. (laughs) in itself so cool um yeah and of course uh I was going to ask if you've ever played uh, the genre, of course, here that is the most mountain is like a snowboarding game, right? The whole thing revolves literally around a mountain. It's been a while for me. I played so much 1080 snowboarding on the N64, 
but not a ton since. I don't know if you've ever, has there been like a snowboarding game you got super into ever? I was really into snowboard kids. Oh yeah, that because game is so cute. It was yeah. like a Mario Kart snowboarding game. Um, and I wasn't really into like realistic games when I was a kid. Like I wanted, you know, like cartoony stuff with like colorful sure. characters. And so I never got into like 1080 or anything like that, but sure, sure. Um, yeah, snowboard kids was like, um, it was like a Mario Kart. If, if you're doing like a downhill snowboarding race and, um, that's great. <laughs> had all these weird looking characters with big noses and it was made by Atlas, which was, or published by Atlas. It was made by sure. a company called Rakdim. Oh, uh, and they, what else do they do? They've apparently done a bunch of stuff, but nothing that like I recognize off the top of my head. They did a bunch of other snowboard kids games. Oh, nice. I don't know that I played that game, but I remember I had a friend who had it and like showed me that game and I thought it was really cool. Mm. Um, and that's just such a fun idea too. Like, yeah, Mario Kart on a mountain. That's fun. That's great. <laughs> little sleds you know and then um, later on mario kart basically uh sort of did the same thing because they had those they added those courses i think in eight yeah. where it's just like one like there's no laps it's just like one run through and like yeah the lap markers are just like parts of the track and one of them is like a downhill um yes. ski race basically so fun such a fun i love fun basic ideas um and now, of course, I'm thinking of all the snowboarding levels in Sonic games. <laughs> like Sonic oh, yeah. Games. Some real, some doozies, I would say. And also oh. some fun moments. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could snowboard in Ice Cap Zone in, um, right. in Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Uh, Ice Cap Zone also, that sound, the soundtrack. Um, oh, my God. So good. It's, uh, yeah, it's a remix of a song called Hard Times by the band The Jetsons. Whoa. Um, or or it's just like inspired by it or something. But it's like, um, it's people thought that that was a Michael Jackson um, track because yeah. it has like some smooth criminal stuff in it. Um, but he, he doesn't have anything to do with it. It, um, the keyboardist of the Jetsons worked on the music for Sonic three. Uh, gotcha, and gotcha, yeah. that song was released on vinyl this year for the first wow. time. Cause the song had never been released before. So. Oh, I had no idea. I had always heard that weird rumor that like, oh, yeah, Jackson yeah. music thing in Sonic three. I forget um, if there, there was anything to that, but at least that one song, uh, Ice Cap Zone yeah. has nothing to do with him. It's the Jetsons. And that track actually is is really good too, like the original. So Yeah. It's incredible. I once upon a time, a young Danielle used to hang out at Overclocked Remix all uh -huh. the time. And I mean, not like I was that active in the forums. I just really liked a lot of the music stuff. And there were like 22 remixes of that song. And I liked all of them because they were all good. That song is very good. Uh, yeah. Really good shit. Uh, are there any other mountains you wanted to discuss? Video game mountains or otherwise? Oh, boy. Um, no, I mean, I think I think that's it. I don't, you know, I, I don't normally think about mountains a lot, but today... <laughs> 
I will keep them in my thoughts for International yeah. Mountain Day. Uh, that's so weird. Like, oh, I, I know all of these days are basically made up for the most part, except for, I mean, they're all made up in the sense that they're all made up. But like, right. But it's like time that I is will be like, oh, it's like World AIDS Day or like, oh, it's like day for ending violence against women or something. And then it's like, it's Mountain right. Day. We gotta have it's to mountain day. protect mountain. Um, it's just rocks, folks. Like it's just rocks. Um, <laughs> they'll be fine. Don't, don't. It's just rocks. It's just rock mountains. <laughs> it's just rocks. That's the tagline for mountains. You know, it needed one of those too. It needed a day and a tagline. That mountains has both. needed a tagline to sort of be more marketable to the TikTok generation. Um, <laughs> so we're looking at doing a mountains musical on TikTok, and oh, good. Um, that's we're really excited about that. Yeah, yeah, it's part of our branding strategy for Mona. What uh, do you think about mountains? Rehabilitating mountains. Is she just like meow? She just stretched <laughs> and went back to sleep. That's a cat answer. That's a valid cat answer. That is valid. Mona, you're valid. Yeah, she's valid. She doesn't care. I've always wanted to train one of my cats to be an outdoor, like not an outdoor cat, but a walks on a leash cat so that I could Mm. take her on hikes. Because I actually take, I mean, this is mountain related and I guess it'll be my last thought on mountains. I take my tiny dog on hikes and she will... She does a great job. Like, she makes it all the way to the top of the mountain. Again, these are East Coast mountains. I'm not trying to say she's, you know, climbing Mount Everest or anything. Mm. Uh, This is East Coast United (laughs) States mountains. They're not that big, but they're big for a Shih Tzu Brussels Griffin mix. So, and like, I will take her to all these mountains and we'll go on hikes. And like, the people on the trails are so impressed because they see this tiny little, she's like a nine and a half pound dog. She's really little. Yeah. She's like cat sized, basically. And they'll see her and she will just either watch myself or my partner, like, figure out, oh, oh, go to this rock and then that, mm-hmm. you know, for any like little challenging rock scramble or something. And then she'll do it. Like, it's so cute. She like watches the path a little bit. Like, she watches the platforming and then does it herself as a teeny little baby and uh, all the people who are hiking as well are always like oh my god good job uh which is very cute because they expect you know when you take a dog on a hike they expect Mm. a golden retriever right yeah sturdier looking uh uh canine and we just have this little poof who is mostly fluff like (laughs) she even looks bigger than she is because it's just (laughs) um yeah, we do bring a little, like, carrier for her just in case she gets tired. Oh. And uh, sometimes she likes to be carried on the way down, but she likes going up. Do you have, so. like, a little baby carrier that you put her, yeah. like, on your... No. Yes. <laughs> I do. I it's wish like I could do that with Mona so bad. I wanted to Me carry too. her around like a baby because I have yeah. brain problems, but she would hate it <laughs> so much. <laughs> I... I mean, I really want to do that with my little cat too. My my tiny, tiny cat who is way smaller even than Bixby. Like, I've always wanted an adventure cat mm. who like is happy on a leash and like I could take her hiking and we would be the fucking, like I can only imagine. It's like two like not very imposing looking humans in the first place with a fucking Brussels griffin and a tiny miniature six pound cat mm-hmm. like hiking up a mountain. That would be a sight, let me tell you. I used to see. I used to see these, um, uh, like gutter punks in 
Seattle and they would have like cats that would just be like chilling with them, like just hanging out on their shoulder and stuff. Like, how did you get that cat to do that? Like, I guess you just trained it since birth to just like vibe. Yeah. And some cats are just so chill. Like I, I have one who just loves to be held. Like she really enjoys it. It's not for like an hour, but for like a minute or so. She will just purr in your arms and be happy and, like, look into your eyes and do blinkies. It's, like, the cutest thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty cute. Well, we've gotten to that part of the show where we just gush about our animals. uh, Yep. Welcome to East Coast Office (laughs) We did it. Well, I guess we should go to the next segment then. If we're we're gushing about animals, that's our our cue to to, to gush about work, I guess. (laughs) Was there something... Uh, that you worked on this week that you'd like to highlight? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we've been recording a lot of Game of the Year podcasts. And yeah. um, those will be available to listen to soon. And uh, so Thanks. I haven't really done as much editing this week. Um, and I'm, as I think we mentioned last week, kind of moving away from that a little bit. Uh, yeah. Towards more of a focus on podcasts. But we did publish a piece about Sonic fan games to Mm -hmm. bring it back to our blue friend. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, we published a piece on Sonic fan games, which was interesting to me because, uh, wow, is that an active community as we all know. Um, Yeah. But they are, there are some amazing Sonic fan games. Um, Like basically Sega has not really... (laughs) Sega hasn't really been doing anything with Sonic lately. Uh, I think the last Sonic game that came out was uh, the racing one last year. Oh, I yeah. Think, I think I might be missing something. Um, but then they did that big like Sega anniversary thing this year and there was like no Sonic stuff. I think they made Sonic 2 free or something, but sure. um, they're focusing on other things right now. And I feel like we are entering a post-Sonic era oh, of God. Sega, which is really weird to think about. But there was a pre- Sonic era of Sega when they were successful right. before and the Genesis was around for a couple of years before uh, Sonic came out. And now that Sega is publishing, you know, now that Sega like owns Atlas um, and now that they publish like the total war games and like all of these other things, I feel like they have so much going on that like, it's almost not worth it to make Sonic games for them um, <laughs> because yeah. the community is like notoriously so, uh, so finicky, but Yeah, like, there are games, people are making games that are, like, oh, sequels to Sonic 3D Blast, like that isometric game that was on the Genesis. People are making new 3D games. People are making games that um, break out of the kind of formulas that Sega has, uh, you know, built Sonic into, like the boost games. That's sort of been, like, how 3D Sonic plays for the last 10 years, is you build up a meter and then you boost through enemies and stuff, and... Yeah. Um, people are getting kind of sick of that. And also people are getting kind of sick of, um, I think, just like classic Sonic coming back. Like, you know, they did Sonic Generations and mm-hmm. that was cool because it was like, oh, yeah, cool. Like we get, um, we get to play as classic Sonic and then like um, uh, modern Sonic and we get to go through all these old stages and stuff. And it was really cool. But then they just kind of kept doing that. Like Green Hill Zone has been in like the last three Sonic games. Um, right. Cause yeah. then like it was in Sonic forces, uh, which was bad. Uh, and you know, Sonic mania was good, but it was just, well, first of all, it was made by 
like a lot of fans. So like that's sort of why yeah, that's all, how that piece people liked even it. Starts right, right. yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but also it was just Sonic Two. Like I mean, I liked it well enough, but it, it was just Sonic Two. But like you know, with some new stages, which is cool. But also they just redid some old ones, and um, yeah, it's cool seeing people doing neat things with that character and just like making all of these weird games and i don't know what the deal is with sega but like (laughs) the fact that a they got fans to like work on sonic mania like they they got this team of really amazing um people who love that character to work on that game and the fact that like sonic fan games seem to be able to exist without sega giving a shit I don't know, like, if they're, what the deal is, the difference between them and Nintendo, like, if you look at the way that Nintendo has been treating uh, their (laughs) fan bases lately, (laughs) especially with, like, Smash and, like, how they're basically trying to shut down Melee tournaments, even though that game is, like, maybe the most popular competitive game Nintendo has ever made. Um, It's just, like, well, why why does Nintendo just do this? I'm just like, oh yeah, we got these people to make the fucking best like Mario game. We've got them to make like Mario 3, 2 or whatever and everyone loves right? it. And everyone's crazy for it and uh, enjoy. But it seems like that's something like that Nintendo would like never in a million years do. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why that is. And I'm sure there's an interesting argument to be made there or like arguments. But um, yeah. it's cool to see... I mean, I don't know if it's just like the bare minimum or what, but of like not crushing these projects uh, on the part of Sega. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, there's the obvious observation that a lot of Mario games are still incredibly well received. That's true. Right. And so they don't a lot need of Sonic to... games are not. Yeah. But, <laughs> but still, like, Nintendo could fucking chill uh, a lot. Like, frankly, oh, and no. I almost wonder if if some facets, uh, some folks at the company are probably like, yeah, we should just fucking chill and let people, you know, do fan work. I mean, we've we've had fan art for literally forever. And we've also had, you know, uh, legit fan work be a cool thing that people enjoy playing for a very, very, very long time in this industry. It's not. New. Yeah, it's not. It, new. This is not like a new thing. So maybe chill. Uh, Nintendo and listen at least listen to Sega on this if not everything else maybe on on this certainly because I like a really great fan game is is something I cherish it's something that I think is like a joy in this world like somebody who loves something has made something good and interesting out of uh, something that they love and that's that's what that's what creativity is right that's just kind of what it is so yeah yeah I don't get it. I don't get it. But what about you? What did you work on this week? Oh, yeah. I actually did a couple of videos this week, which was fun yeah. for me. Because I always, that's my first, like, that's where my actual, like, training is in, is, is in, like, you know, sort of filmmaking and editing. It's not like I'm putting my fucking master's degree to work when I'm putting a bunch of pings together or anything like that. <laughs> I'm not I'm not trying to say I'm making elevated art here, but I do have a lot of fun when I, I have time to, like, take a clip on something that we've worked on 
or even if I haven't, like I actually did one for 99 potions yesterday, mm. just because I loved a little moment. There is uh, Natalie Flores was calling out like it was a Bloodborne podcast. It's a fantastic episode of that show. So seriously, go listen to 99 potions. It's the Bloodborne special, um, which was oh so good uh, with Ash from Polygon, actually, um, mm. who was on that as well. Um, yeah, that was so, a good episode. It, yeah, that it was, episode it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I listened to it last night and um, I was like, Maybe I should give Bloodborne another try. Yeah! <laughs> Even though I bounced off it so hard the first time, yeah. and it just made me so mad. Uh, I'm like, maybe I should give Bloodborne another shot. It's, it's pretty cool. If there was a way, that's the only one I've ever beaten. And to be honest with you, I seriously don't know if I have a false memory of actually beating it. I got to the ending area, so I don't know. Um, I also did like a Let's Play of it with another person, and I might be remembering the ending from that. So, uh, you know. If this this is my confession, this if this is like my deathbed confession here, I might not have beaten it, but I got to the very very end. I got to like the last boss, so whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Sealy from Software Game, I've actually gotten that far in, and I do love it. And I wonder if there's some way we could like as a little community at Fanbyte make it like more fun or more supportive mm. or like worthwhile. Like if we had little like rewards just for playing or something. <laughs> we have to gamify Bloodborne. We might need to because it is a very frustrating game. And like, I don't like difficulty for difficulty's sake. I just genuinely don't. I don't think that's a useful mm. thing in game design. I think it's a well-designed game. It is genuinely a very good and well-designed game, but I do not like the punitive aspects of it. Um, but it's so good that it's worth getting through that. I, that's that's the thing for me. The other games in that series are not, but that one is mm. for me. I think the sort of lore revelations and the way the world works and the way in which you do um, build up and build up and build up is actually pretty great. So yeah, Bloodborne's really good. Sorry, I, I'm going all over the place here, but the uh, the, vi the little tiny video I made was just about uh, Natalie Flores, who doesn't actually play the game either. She just really enjoys the Let's Plays of the game, like enjoys watching it, which is super yeah. valid. Uh, and that's a way of enjoying that if you do get frustrated, which is super valid. Uh, she was saying, AOC, you should come play Bloodborne because AOC was... Uh, uh, enjoying the lore apparently on it among us uh, <laughs> let's play that she did on twitch which was very I love cute the lore. Very she was saying she likes the lore so natalie's like aoc play bloodborne like the lore is great god <laughs> um and i did a tiny one as well for our uh you love to see it on adam's family values just appreciating the fashion and the beauty and the comic timing of one joan cusack oh, incredible um, incredible that was really fun uh, so yeah, that was just, that was, it's just a fun little creative outlet for me. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things where like, I don't need to do it as part of my job, but when I have time, I do love just spending the, you know, honestly, like half an hour <laughs> to just throw a little yeah. bit together. It's just, it's like a refreshing treat in terms of work, uh, like a refreshing little treat, you know? So that was my yeah. fun this week. So Merritt, is there anything else you wanted to discuss before we do close office hours for business other than, well, I guess maybe the fact that we, we need to name this podcast something else, but uh, until oh, then. Oh, yeah, no, this podcast <laughs> name is changing. I mean, no, it's going to be the same as the other one. So if you already uh, if you already know about that, then that's going to happen. But that is coming soon. Yeah. Uh, re renamed, uh, reamped, rearmed. And uh, <laughs> yeah. We're all very excited for that. We are. 
I'm excited for it. I'm going to have fun with it. So, yeah. What a good time. Well, on that note, uh, we're about ready to close down for the week. Uh, just getting ready for that, you know, that Friday afternoon energy. So if you do have a moment, dear listeners, please do rate and review our podcast. It helps us so much. Really gives us a little boost, like Sonic. Uh, and you can listen, of course, to all of our good stuff, all of our excellent shows, including 99 Potions uh, that we shouted out, at fanbite.com slash podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, on TikTok at Fanbyte, on Instagram at Fanbyte, and of course on Fanbyte.com. And you can watch all of our streams on twitch.tv slash Fanbyte. Thank you to Jordan Mallory for producing this show uh, alongside almost all of our shows. Jordan uh, is doing incredible work with it. And Merritt, where can we find you online? I'm on Twitter at Merritt K. If anybody wanted to follow me, I am at Danielle R.I. on Twitter. And with that, office hours are closed for business. Bye. Bye.